Jamal Crawford and LA Clippers. You're now tuning in to Cruise Control, hosted by my man, Randy Cruz. Holla. And we are now here on the Cruise Control Podcast with me, Randy Cruz, and also Trevor Lane, staff writer for LakersNation.com. He's on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Trevor, what's up, my man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, Randy. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Um, you know, every time I have somebody on the show that is on the West Coast, you know, with me being here in New York, um, I, I always ask them, what's the weather like where you at? So right now we got 40 over here raining like hell in New York. What's going on over there in uh, L.A.? Uh, you know what? We are we are having a nice little day. It's uh it's about the mid sixties right now, and uh, and yeah, sun shining, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. I'm I'm freaking jealous right now. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um. Again, thank you for coming on. We definitely appreciate it. Um, like I said, Trevor Lane, he's on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, staff writer for LakersNation.com. And um, I, I've, I've had a few people from LakersNation.com on the show, Jabari, and, uh, of course, yourself. And, you know, uh, you know, for the record, I am a Knicks fan, and I, they might kill me for this, but I do like – the the whole Lakers Nation thing and LakersNation.com. I think you guys do a great job yourself, Serena, Dan, uh, Jabari with the podcast. Um, you, you got a big fan of LakersNation.com here in New York, so I just want to let you know that. Well, hey, thank you. We, we definitely appreciate that, and uh, and won't hold it against you that you're that you're a Knicks fan or anything like that. <laughs> At least you got Porzingis, right? Well, you know what? Uh, Lakers Nation and Knicks Nation right now are kind of frustrated with each other's teams, so I guess we're kind of even in that regard. That is true. Um, how long have you been at LakersNation.com, Trevor? Uh, you know what? I've been at LakersNation.com since last uh, since last August, so so about seven or eight months now here. Um, and uh, and you know it's been it's been great writing writing about the Lakers and I started off at a, a few other different sites and eventually moved my way on over to, to Lakers Nation and and you know it's it's just fantastic being able to write about something that you that you love. So August will make a year. So uh, I'm guessing big plans they have for you for like your one year anniversary with them, right? Oh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, hoping a little, little trip out to um, out to Staples Center might be in order or something like that. Okay. I mean, you are the guy that has about, you know, 30 million Vine loops doing Laker Nation stuff, so they got to hook you up with something, man. That is true, yeah. I, uh, I'll definitely make sure that I mention that when the topic comes up. Now, you, uh, you said you were at different uh, places before LakersNation.com. So where were you at before, and what kind of led you to being a staff writer at LakersNation.com? You know what? Out of out of all things, as, as random as it is, it all started a long time ago when I was when I was in college. I actually started writing about pro wrestling initially. And I was writing a, a daily column for a pro wrestling site, just taking me through my my college days, and and uh, just really fell in love with with writing uh, in general. And then, uh, you know, I, I as I got out of college and everything, and started my career and, and all that kind of stuff, I started to look at, you know, what did, what do I really want to talk about? I was getting a little bit of, a little bit tired of talking about wrestling and, and kind of falling out of it a little bit. 
And uh, and sorry, I know you're a wrestling fan and everything. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was kind of falling out of love with that a little bit. And, uh, you know, I've been a Lakers fan my entire life and grew up on, on the Lakers. And, and so I, uh, I started my own blog uh, writing about the Lakers and just making sure it was something I could really see myself doing. And, and it just kind of took off from there. You know, I, uh, I just really enjoy uh, writing about the Lakers and writing about basketball in general, even uh, fantasy basketball. I've written some fantasy blogs and things like that as well. Well, I did not know you were a, a wrestling fan, so I mean that, that's a quick sidebar. I mean, we, I gotta have you down the road for a whole wrestling podcast. But um, when you go back to the writing stuff, um, was it always a, a thought? Was it always a passion you had um, to do stuff? You know, stuff like this. Initially, I actually started off um, for a while. I was I was looking at writing novels and things, and you know what? I would I would get into something. I would get into an idea that I was that I was really enjoying writing with, and and it was just something where I would get a month into a project and and I would lose interest in it. You know, I just I wasn't uh, I wasn't committed to it, and I started thinking about what it was that I that I really enjoy talking about with people. What is it that I really enjoy on a daily basis? And I just kept coming back to basketball and kept coming back to the Lakers and since that's been a, a lifelong passion of mine that was uh that was what I, I figured I should focus my uh my writing efforts on so how long have you been a Laker fan Trevor you know what my my earliest memory is of watching Magic and Kareem back in the Showtime days um so I've been a Lakers fan I mean I, I you know, I've been watching the Lakers with my dad on the couch since I was a little kid, since uh, since I was born. So, um, you know, I, I just turned 34, so I guess I can say I've I'm, uh, been a Lakers fan for 34 years. Well, you are older than me, so that's that's a that's a thing right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I, um, I, uh, I wasn't feeling old enough as it was. <laughs> well, I'm not that far behind you. I'm I'm 32, so I'm I'm catching up with you, but. Um, with me, I was never always a Knicks fan, and I tell people that all the time. I mean, I do live in New York, but I never fell under, you know, the rule of, you know, you have to be a fan of the city that you live in. So I was always a Chicago Bulls fan. You know, I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, and obviously Chicago Bulls was the team, you know, of, of the 90s, and that was my team during the Michael Jordan era and Pippen. And was, once they disbanded, I felt like I had to find a new team, and um, somehow, some way, it, it just happened where uh, Sprewell had been traded to New York during uh, the, the the lockout year, and I said, "Well, I, I, I'm a big fan of Sprewell, so let me just go try out being a, a Knicks fan." And and that's the year they went to the finals, and I think they went to the conference finals the year after, and the first round in '01, and it's been. Uh, uh, dismal ever since i know they had a once or twice appearance in the playoffs but it's really been bad <laughs> on this side uh, of the country being a nick fan so i guess me and you kind of relate of where our franchises are currently right now yeah definitely you know both the both the knicks and the lakers right now are are kind of stuck in a stuck in a rut um you know we're, we're both kind of hoping for for uh some better futures here for some brighter days coming up you know the uh the knicks and the lakers obviously are two of the 
two of the long-standing franchises in the league. They're two of the glamour franchises. I believe they're the two most valuable franchises um, in the league. So, you know, you got to hope that at, that at some point both of these franchises come back and um, and can really start putting a, putting a run together instead of instead of all this, you know, one and done in the playoffs or, or not even making the playoffs. You know, they, they both have too big of a fan base for that. Yeah, the, the NBA is a lot better um, to watch and everything, and, and, and it's more fun when the Lakers and the Knicks are, you know, doing really well in the playoffs, trying to make a, a championship push. Um, you know, also Philadelphia, the main marquee names, um, cities in the NBA, and and sometimes it's just not as attractive um, to watch when you don't have a big time team like LA or New York in the playoffs. Uh, trying to win a championship, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, not just not just bringing in the viewers from their own gigantic markets, but also I think the, you know, the Lakers and the Knicks particularly are fairly polarizing franchises. You know, they're, they're franchises that people either love or they hate. And I think when you've got strong teams in, in, in big markets like that that, uh, that do have that kind of emotional response from people, I think regardless of what the response is, whether it's love, whether it's hate, it's a good thing for basketball in general because people will tune in to watch the Lakers lose if they hate them. They'll tune in to watch the Knicks lose if they, if they hate them, uh, just like people tune in to watch them win. You know, there, I think there is no, no bad emotional response in basketball as long as it leads to, to people tuning in and, uh, and uh, enjoying the game. So for the record, you, you have a, uh, a lifetime contract with the purple and gold, right, as a fan? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, think, I think in my family, if I, if I didn't, I'd end up getting disowned. So real quick, before I go into the whole Kobe thing, um, as far as other sports in L.A., uh, Dodgers, uh, Clippers, or whatever the case may be, football teams, are you a fan of teams in your city, in your state, or are you a fan of somewhere else? You know what? I'm a, I'm a big soccer guy, so I'm a, I'm a fan of the LA Galaxy. Okay. And uh, and of course the the U.S. national team. Um, I'm a big fan of big fan of them. And, and I in general I'll support just about all LA sports. But you know I was actually having a conversation with my dad the other day about about this. We were talking about how uh, there could be two NFL teams coming to Los Angeles. And you know we know we've got we've got one on the way in the with the uh, the Rams coming, and uh, and there could be another one. We're not sure. Yet, and we were talking about whether or not it's okay to be a fan of both teams, being that they're both going to be coming into LA and everything. And and his take on it, I thought was was pretty right on. And and he said, you know, it's okay if you're a fan of the of the Dodgers and the Angels at the same time. He said, I'm okay with that. I'm okay if you're a fan of the Ducks and the Kings at the same time. But the one thing that you can't be is a Lakers fan and a Clippers fan. That just doesn't doesn't quite work out. So I think I'm going to stick with that and say that you know, I'll support all the L.A. teams mm. for the Clippers. <laughs> I mean, you know what's so funny? Because I, I tell you when – well, it – it might be just the NBA is like the only sport where you have to be a, a fan of one team and one team only because when people ask me during the football year, you know, who you who do you root for? I'm like, well, 
I have two teams, and they they be like, oh, come on, you can't do that. You can't. That, that's not fair. That's not right. It's like an underwritten rule where you cannot be a fan of more than one team. So they ask me who, who you're a fan of, and I always my, I always say my first team is the Minnesota Vikings, and they be like, oh, okay, I, I I respect that. And then when I say my second favorite team is the New England Patriots, they be like, oh, come on, man, you can't. You serious? You know, you, aren't you from New York? I'm like, yeah, but I, I like Tom Brady and the Patriots. So they 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 get at me for liking two teams and then they they're cool with the vikings but they hate the fact that i'm a patriot fan living in new york yeah i could i could see where that be where that'd be uh <laughs> that would be a bit rough um uh, with having that rivalry with the with the patriots and everything i can kind of feel you on that because my wife is a is a huge cowboys fan mm. and she's in the process of kind of converting me over to that team and, oh, wow. and so i've started to, to feel some of the the animosity there from uh, from fans from other other areas Oh man, well you know, good luck with Tony Romo being your quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, that, that that is what we need there is a, is a bit of luck. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, we are currently. I mean, everybody in, in the world world is going through the 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 Kobe Bryant farewell tour uh, with the Lakers. Um, you as a longtime Laker fan, are, are are you currently enjoying this farewell tour by Kobe Bryant? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely enjoying the the farewell tour. You know, as a as a guy who's who's watched Kobe for for my entire life, I've I've probably almost seen every single one of his games. You know, he's um, I've seen the work that he's put in, seen all the injuries that he's played through, seen everything that out there on the floor. Right. And and it's great to see him get uh, you know get applauded and get the the Kobe chance even even when they're on the road and and kind of get the the uh, farewell tour that he deserves because, you know, he doesn't have a winning team. He doesn't have a team that can contend for a championship or anything like that. You know, you look at a, a guy like Duncan, and if he were to walk away after this year, which he certainly could, uh, you know, at least he's on a, a contending team and he's going to get his moment in the playoffs. For Kobe, he's kind of got to get this moment right now. Uh, so I'm definitely enjoying it. I was definitely scared when the when the season first started. Um, Kobe had about a month there where. Uh, it, it wasn't pretty. I mean, Kobe was firing up air balls on three pointers. His shooting percentage was atrocious, and yeah. and he just did not look right. And uh, over the past what, probably six weeks, maybe two months, he's uh, he's really started to get his legs underneath him. And he's never going to be the the Kobe of old, but he still has these flashes where you'll see something. He moves a certain way, hits a shot a certain way, and it reminds you of the the player that he that he used to be. And it, it's those moments I think that that fans really appreciate getting to see him out there and performing at a at a high level because it sure was tough at the beginning when he was uh when he was really struggling have you been to a to a a a laker home game this year to check out kobe's farewell tour or no you know what i i haven't yet i'm kind of saving it until the until the uh gets a little bit further along um i know we're running out of time here but uh but I know that, uh, that I'd like to definitely go at least see see him in person one more time before before he hangs him up. I mean, Trevor, the, uh, I've never been to Staples. I'm pretty sure the tickets are somewhat expensive like they are here at, at Madison Square Garden. But I got to tell you that any ticket, any home game for, for the Lakers right now until the last game is going to be pretty expensive. So um, I, I, I would hate to see how much it costs right now to see Lakers and like the Kings or the Bucks <laughs> at home. So, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've looked into those and and they are astronomical. It, it was insane. But as soon as Kobe announced that he was retiring, the prices shot way up. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I I wish, you know, being selfish, um, I I wish he had announced this tour earlier or right from the beginning because when he played here in the Garden, it, you know, he had not made the decision yet. I mean fans kind of figured it was going you know going to go that route but i think a couple days later or maybe a couple games after new york he finally said well this, this is going to be my last go around and you know i guess you know i guess he would have had that last standing ovation at the garden they they love kobe over here and i think he would have got it gotten his just his just due from the fans like he's been getting everywhere else in every different arena yeah, absolutely. You know, it, he it was a little odd that he that he announced it during the season. And you know, one thing I I noticed being a, a Lakers writer and everything, and and reading all the comments that we see online is that is that it, it seemed to take away a lot of the the criticisms of of Kobe because he was in that that major slump at the beginning of the year and was struggling so so much um, with his shot. There were a lot of people that were that were really starting to make noise about whether or not he should even be out there. There were people claiming that. That maybe he should be coming off the bench. Um, Byron Scott even had to step in and say, "No, I will never bench Kobe." Um, and then when he announced that he was retiring, it was like all was forgiven. You know, his his poor play on the court, uh, the criticism criticisms of it just kind of went away. And, and I think that's when people started to take more of a, a look at his whole career and appreciating that. And and it took some of the, the pressure on him now I, off of him. I mean, so I don't know if that was. Um, if that had anything to do with when he announced it or if his struggles on the court had anything to do with him finally deciding that, hey, it's it's time, I'm going to be done at the end of the year. Um, but I just know it did have that, that impact. Uh, whereas if he had announced it at the very beginning of the season, you know, maybe he wouldn't have uh, received some of the criticisms that he did um, early on. So, it, you know, in hindsight, it kind of makes Kobe feel more confident to go like, you know, 80 for 30 and, and not worry about the criticism, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, if, if, if Kobe's shooting shooting 8 for 30 and, and uh, you know, the, the young kids are, are kind of getting frozen out and they're not, they're not getting the ball, well, he can say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm retiring. I've, I've done this for 20 years, so I've earned the right to, to take these shots, uh, especially now as the, as the season goes on and it's clear they're, they're not going to be going to the playoffs or anything like that. Now, outside of Kobe, uh, you know, for you and, and other Laker fans and the entire Laker Nation, has it been kind of difficult to watch the Lakers play because you know they're not they're not going anywhere they're not making the playoffs um the the uncertainty of who's going to be the the head coach next season and plus the fact that you know the young guys like Russell are not getting the adequate amount of playing time so aside from Kobe and and the tour has it been very difficult to watch this team play this, this year you know it's um it has been in, in some regards um, when you watch them play uh, the other night they got blown out by by Milwaukee and they're they're passing it off the backboard for for alley oop dunks and and just putting on a show and the bucks are laughing and having a good time at the Lakers expense those are those are tough games to watch when you see them really getting getting blown out um, and, and you know you, you did mention that they their coach Byron Scott maybe he wasn't giving the young guys enough minutes and I think that really struck a chord with the Lakers because 
not going to be a playoff team this year. But the one thing that they really cling to is the young players, uh, Clarkson and Russell and Randall, and and those guys growing and developing. So I think fans are okay seeing the Lakers lose. You know, not happy about it because most people aren't aren't going to be happy to see their team lose. But they're okay. They understand it's part of the process and everything to to lose some games this season, and they're okay with it if they're watching those young players develop. And conversely, if the team was winning and the young players were being benched and the veterans were, were winning, they'd be okay with it because, hey, we're winning and we're heading towards the playoffs and these young guys are going to get experience as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. But when you take both of those things away, when you're when you're benching the young players and you're taking minutes away from them and you're losing basketball games, I think that's when you, you lose the support of the fans, and that's certainly what we've seen this year. Now, Byron Scott has said that he's going to going to change that, and we have seen him start to give more minutes to, uh, to the young guys' right? Randall's back in the starting lineup now. Russell is a starter. He got, I think, 34 minutes the other night. So he is starting to um, starting to fix that, and, and hopefully that's going to make the games a little more watchable because, you know, when you're watching a game and the Lakers are losing and then you see D'Angelo Russell pull off a, a crazy pass or you watch Julius Randle just tear the rim down, um, it, it makes it a little bit easier. It certainly softens the blow. Because you can say at least look look at what the future is going to bring even though we're, we're losing right now. Now, in the event that Byron Scott is no longer the coach of, of the Lakers next year, who, who are some guys that, you know, Laker Nation fans – would want the Lakers to target? Is, is there someone out there? Is there a prime candidate for someone out there to kind of coach this new young team? Yeah, you know, I, I the the name that I hear most often is is Luke Walton, um, and and you know he kind of has that that Golden State Warriors uh, magic shine to him right now, mm-hmm. and you know he coached that Warriors team through the the first part of the season and, and did a solid job. There are some questions about him. Was it, you know, is it just a great team that he inherited, or or is he that good of a coach where he's ready to to really step up and and take on a team of his own full time? Um, it, it seems that fans really are behind giving him a shot, though, because there does seem to be a desire to bring in new blood rather than go after a guy who's been around for a while, like maybe a, a Tom Thibodeau or um, somebody like that, or you know, George Carl sounds like he's going to be available this summer if the, if the Kings end up parting ways with him. It seems like Lakers fans favor bringing in somebody new, even if it's somebody that doesn't quite have as much experience, uh, just to get some some fresh ideas in there. And, uh, and, and you know, part of that is, stems from Byron Scott being a, a more old school coach. I think the the reaction to to that is that people are looking for for the opposite, and they're looking for for more of a new school coach with some some new ideas to to come in and really change things up. Going back to the young the the young talent real quick with you know Russell Larry Nance Jr. Uh, Randall George, uh, Crawford uh, no uh, Clarkson um, talk about how they've played uh, so far this season. What do you like? What don't you like? And it's really next season um, their breakout year because Kobe's not going to be on the roster. Byron may not be there, and it, they might have more freedom with the new coach coming in. Yeah, you know, um, I, I like what I've seen from them. It's it's been up and down, but that's that's what you expect from young players. You know, they'll they'll have great games, and then they'll have games where they they kind of disappear a little bit. But that's um, that's part of being a young player in the NBA. It's developing that consistency that that does take time. Uh, 
you know, Clarkson has done a great job increasing his three-point percentage, and that was one of the big knocks on his game last year. So we've seen him grow in that way. I think he still needs to improve his defense a little bit. Uh, Randall, everybody's well aware that he needs to develop a right hand and uh, and also get his jumper going. Uh, once he does that, his athleticism is off the charts, and he's going to be able to do some, some really great things in the future. Nance is, uh, is kind of the opposite of Randall in a lot of ways. He already has a decent jumper, um, and, and he's a decent finisher, but uh, he isn't quite the rebounder that Randall is, so that's one thing that, uh, that we'd like to see him improve on. And, uh, of course, Russell has, has flashes where he looks phenomenal and then other times where he doesn't look so good and he's turning the ball over. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of growing to do with these guys. But I think the positive is that we are seeing flashes of brilliance from all of them. We're seeing moments where they, they really, really look, look great. And, again, they're going to have to develop the consistency as they, as they grow, and maybe that is under a different coach. And maybe without Kobe, they, they will be able to, uh, to have a little bit more freedom. We've certainly seen from D'Angelo Russell some moments late in games when they've been, they've been down quite a bit. It, it, it feels like watching the game, it feels like the, the, uh, the shackles are kind of taken off of him because right. the game's already out of hand, and he just goes out there and plays. And you see him not worrying about being benched or anything like that. And, uh, and the results are pretty promising. So I don't know if it's, if it's fair to, to ask Russell that, you know, he just turned 20 years old, to ask Russell next year to step up and be the guy or, or Randall or any of these young guys. They may be forced into that position. I, so I, I'd hesitate to say that next year is their, their breakout year because they do still have a, a ways to go. But I certainly would expect to see more growth next year um, after a long summer of, uh, of training. What do you what are you looking forward to um, this team doing when it comes to the draft, free agency this summer? Um, you know, there is a high possibility the Lakers could get a high draft pick. They could get number one. You guys were number two last year. Ben Simmons is out there still playing college basketball. Uh, you guys might, might might just end up with him. You might not. But also. The free the free agency guys like Kevin Durant and some other guys out there. Um, are the Lakers going to be big time players this summer when it comes to free agency? I, I certainly think they're gonna they're going to try to be. Uh, they have the last few seasons. They've done everything they could to to bring in the big stars. We know that they chased Carmelo Anthony. We know they they chased uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, they went after DeAndre Jordan. All those guys last summer. Um, I think they're going to try and do the same thing here this summer. Uh, the one thing that that I think we may see, and this is for better or for worse. But I think there is the distinct possibility that we may see the Lakers pursue a trade this summer with some of their young pieces. And that's, uh, that's not any inside info that I'm hearing or anything. That's just kind of when you look at all the pieces of the puzzle and you add it all up, you look at the, the infamous deadline that Jim Buss has given himself. I mean, realistically, he's got until the summer of 2017 to put, as he called it a, a contending team on the floor and it doesn't seem like this team is going to, to be on that schedule if he ends up with a with a top draft pick this summer if he ends up with a number one or the number two pick and he's looking at a guy like ben simmons or, or brandon ingram there's going to be a lot of teams interested in that pick you've got d'angelo russell on the roster who's who's going to have some value uh you also have julius randall there who's going to have some value so i think the temptation is going to be there for them to take one, two, maybe even three of those pieces 
and turn them into some win now players and use that as a as a means to bring in a, a top flight free agent because a guy like Durant, a guy like Al Horford, guys that are um, in their late twenties, uh, even getting into the, the early thirties, they're not looking to, to sign up with a rebuilding team. That's not a enticing situation for them. But if you go to a Durant, you go to a, a Horford or a guy like that that might be available this summer and you say, Hey, you know, I've got this trade lined up if you come on board, kind of similar to what the the Cavs did when they had Wiggins, right. and they said, "Hey, you know, LeBron, we've got we've got Wiggins here. We can we can probably move him for some other pieces. Maybe Kevin Love, if you come on board, and and kind of use that to help bring him in." I could see the Lakers pursuing something similar. You know, again, for for better or for worse. Cause I know there's a lot of fans out there that want to see the Lakers rebuild through the draft, rebuild through young talent rather than do kind of a quick fix type thing by dealing some of these guys away. But I really do think it's a it's a, an avenue that they will at least look into. Wow, I mean, that is very interesting. Maybe, you know, our guys over here with the Knicks should call you guys up and make a deal. You never know. You never know, right? <laughs> hey, uh, Kupchak did pursue Carmelo Anthony a few years ago, right? Yeah, you know, Melo, Melo was a free agent at the time, and, you know, he signed a five-year deal, and, you know, we got Porzingis, and um, I, that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much it, man. It's just, uh, you know, when I said to, you know, call you guys up, that, that was a joke because we have nobody to offer. So, I mean, uh, I think I think it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me that they would use – a Nance or Clarkson or Randall or even Russell uh, to kind of get a, a, a another veteran on the roster, not an older veteran, but somebody still in their prime to, to come on the roster and kind of entice other free agents to coming to, to L.A. Because, you know, the last couple of years has been all about the Clippers. And I know that the Lakers sell out every single game. But, you know, if you're trying to get on, on the Clippers level as far as being good and being prominent and being in the playoffs, then it wouldn't surprise me if they are in talks with uh, some other team to, to try to get some veterans on there. But if they strictly just stay with their current roster, then, you know, Maybe that's just what it is because you know a team like the Warriors are really youth driven without making any any significant trades or deals. They built through they built through the draft, and maybe the Lakers can benefit from that doing the same way the Warriors did. Oh, absolutely, and 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 personally, that would be that would be my preference. I just feel like that temptation will be there as they're watching their their TV ratings go down, and they're thinking, "Oh my gosh, you know, what are our ratings going to be like when Kobe's gone? We need to bring in somebody right now to to uh, to keep this franchise going, keep the the ratings up, and uh, and keep the team in the spotlight uh, when Kobe's out." But um, but yeah, my my personal preference if they if they get a high draft pick would be, hey, go take take Ben Simmons. Take Brandon Ingram. Take whoever's there that that you think is going to be a, a potential star in the future, and add them to Russell, add them to Clarkson, add them to Randall, and and all these these young guys that they've that they've uh, put on the roster, and then let them grow. Uh, you just may end up having something that that lasts for for a decade. You could have players that that stick with this team for a long, long time. So yeah, I, you know, my personal preference would be for them to for them to go through the draft and kind of take more of that that Warriors route, where you uh, you bring in young talent and then develop them rather than go for the the quick fix. But it's just something that I think they they may look into. Now I know you're a fan, and I know they have D. Russell at the one. And they have Clarkson at the two, but 
um, you know, the, the Lakers could try to get Buddy Heald from Oklahoma. And, I, and, and I'm not too sure if he's the one or the two, but if they try to look at him in, in the draft and they miss out on Ben Simmons, would that be something that might pique your interest? Uh, potentially, you know, I, I'm a big proponent, and a lot of people are, but I'm a big proponent of in the draft, you, you don't worry too much about, about what position the guy plays. But even if you've already got somebody that, that plays that position, you take whoever is going to be the, the best talent. So if that's healed, if that's, <clears throat> that's Chris Dunn, if that's, if that's whoever, and they happen to be a guard, so be it. You, you take them if you think that's the player that, that has the best potential to, to be a star down the line. And then you work out the fit later. You know, the, the Lakers went ahead and drafted Russell, even though Clarkson was already there as a as basically he was playing the one last year, um, they thought you know they would probably play play well together because they're both about six five and they, they're both pretty versatile and everything. But it, you know they they just need to go with whoever they feel has the has the best potential to be a star and and worry about fit later. So if they do feel like Heald is the the guy to go with, um, then, then certainly I think you just you draft them and then if need be down the line you find a trade or something like that. But the biggest thing is you. you got to require the, the talent. We're chatting with Trevor Lane, staff writer from LakersNation.com. He's on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Um, just got a, a few more for you before I let you go. Um, you know, Kobe, 18 years or 20 years in the league, 18-time All-Star. Um, he, he, you know, he seems pretty happy at peace about the decision to retire um, after the season. He seems more relaxed, more calm, more playful with the media, answering questions, joking and everything, um, even cursing at, at conf- press conferences. Um, is it weird to you to, 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 to see Kobe like that? Because we always see him in his black mama mode. He's, he's always focused. Um, he's just really you know concerned on the game and, and getting in shape and everything now where he just – kind of you know takes a seat and and sit back and relax and just kind of answering everything being in a different different you know state of mind are you you know is it weird to see Kobe Bryant someone who's been focused all his you know his entire career act like that uh, you know what? That's a that's a great question. And and watching Kobe for so long, yeah, he he usually is that that laser focused uh, black mamba persona, and he just uh, is just all about winning basketball games, and that's it. And you know what? To be honest with you, it, it's a bit of a relief to see him lighten up a little bit, to see him uh, enjoy himself a little bit, because for a long time there, I was watching him and thinking, gosh, you know, this guy is a phenomenal player, but he's going to go nuts when when he's done playing. Because he seems like the, the type of personality that has to have something that he can go and compete at, and has to be able to win. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of Jordan-esque in the the way that his uh, his demeanor is, and so you kind of gotta had to wonder, you know, what's Kobe going to be like when he retires and he doesn't have this competitive outlet that that is basketball. And so seeing him being able to to laugh and and they're at the games and and he for competitive thing, but um, but seeing him tone it down a little bit and seeing him uh, really enjoy helping the young players grow. We've seen him take uh, D'Angelo Russell under his wing quite a bit here. Seeing those things, it, it's certainly a, a relief. You know, we're seeing Kobe walk away, and he's and he's happy about it. He's um, he's at peace with it, and you can just see it. In- 
of his um, and all of his movements on the floor. Even when you can tell his body is hurting, his mind is at peace with with what he's doing and what his future holds. And um, and so that's definitely a, a good thing to see. So I, I wouldn't say it's it's weird at all. It's it's more of a relief than anything else. Hey Trevor, man, I, I, if you haven't done so, I think this is your best time. This this is the best time to get a picture with Kobe, get an autograph, get your sneakers signed, get a selfie with him because uh, I think trying to do that uh, in the nineteen previous seasons uh maybe it, it wasn't that easy absolutely man now is now is the time to ask him because now we've got we've kind of got the the kind and cuddly kobe right now compared yeah. to compared to the past that's for sure <laughs> it's like kobe can i get your autograph sure no problem this was like five years ago <laughs> probably, he probably just walked right by you Oh yeah, uh, depending on when you caught him, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, if he would have just kind of said, oh, "Not right now." See ya. All right, um, rapid fire, real quick. Um, how many, how many pairs of Kobe sneakers do you own, if any? Oh, you know. You know what? I don't actually own any any Kobe sneakers. My my playing days are, are long past me. Uh, <laughs> but I do have uh, two Kobe jerseys to go along with a Magic jersey and a, a couple of Kobe t-shirts. And uh, let's see. And yeah, that's all the the Kobe memorabilia I've got. Oh no, wait! I do actually have on my desk. I've got a a frame picture of Kobe and, and Shaq with Shaq with his arm around Kobe. So I've got nice. that to look forward to every day. So I'm assuming you have number eight and 24 jerseys, right? Uh, yep. Okay. So the big question is when Kobe's jersey or jerseys go to the rafters, is eight or 24 getting retired or is it both? You know what? I, I think it's both. I think you have to. I mean, Kobe has been a, been a Laker for 20 years. He's he's arguably, and and some would say not even arguably, the greatest Laker ever. And, and my question is, if you let's say you retire 24, which I would think if they were just going to pick one, is probably going to be 24. But it, let's say you only refi- retire 24, who's going to come along after that that is going to say, hey, I want to be number eight? I mean, that's that would be a, a big statement for a player to make coming into Los Angeles and saying, "Hey, give me Kobe's number." Right? That that would be uh, be pretty bold. So I, I think you might as well just retire both of them because I think even if you only retire one, nobody's going to wear the other one again anyway. You just said that you know Kobe is arguably the greatest Laker of all time. I'm going to ask you point blank: uh, Is Kobe Bryant the greatest Laker of all time? You know, if you if you put a gun to my head, I would say yes. I'm a big Magic Johnson guy, and I I grew up on him, and I, I love Magic, and uh, and love what he did for for the Lakers, what he did for the city of Los Angeles. Um, but it's hard to beat Kobe's Kobe's time in LA and what he's accomplished during that stretch during the, the past 20 years. You know, he certainly is a is a polarizing figure. He's a guy that. that uh, but I think if you look at what he's brought to the franchise and, and what he's done, yeah, I, I think you have to give the nod to Kobe, as, as great as Magic has been. Going back to the um, and the kind of memorabilia we uh, we have of Kobe, uh, I, I do have a pair of Kobe sneakers. I, I do get mixed up with you know Kobe 1, 2, 3, whatever, but I do have a couple of, of those, including these um, all-star ones. Or the Kobe 9s, I do have, um, I, I do have a pair of the 10s and 11s. Um, somewhere in here, but I think the, there's one pair of Kobe's that I have not worn, 
and it was during his time with Adidas. Um, I, I can't. I, I know. It's, I think it's the Crazy Eights, and if it's not that, um, it's the one that kind of looks like uh, like a spaceship. I, I'm probably a bad example, but it's like white and gray, and it had the it has the Adidas three stripes on the side. So those are the. I think the ones he wore in the one season. Those are the ones that I have unworn, brand new, from like two years ago. So I, I I have no idea if I if I if I would ever wear those, but those are the ones that I have crispy clean right now. <laughs> Man, <laughs> those are those are gonna be some nice ones. So they're they're from the two thousand one season. I I, I th- um that style like you know I guess when they when they re brought it out a couple of years ago uh, I did I did buy them but I haven't worn them but I think those gotcha. are the ones from 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 oh one. Yeah, that was that was a that was a good year. That would be a that'd be a good season to have. That was a that was a good season in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, that was the fifteen and one. Uh, you know, the only one blemish with that uh, AI game. So. Oh yeah, yep, I, I remember that one well. <laughs> very very classic game that gets replayed all over the place. But um, my my, my final one to you, Trevor. Uh, before we get there, I do want to thank you for for coming on. It's been great talking Lakers with you, and, and we definitely want to have you on sometime again. Um, just you know, how are you? How are you categorized? How would you describe the impact Kobe Bryant has made? Uh, not only for the Lakers, but for for the entire NBA during his twenty year career. Well, well, first of all, uh, let me say I appreciate you having having me on here, and uh, and absolutely love to come on again uh, sometime here in the future. Uh, definitely enjoyed talking talking Lakers with you and everything, and uh, and uh, we'll even throw in a little bit a little bit more Knicks talk next time for you. Uh, but uh, as far as the the impact that that Kobe has has had over the the course of his career on on the NBA and uh, and the Lakers. I mean, his impact on the Lakers, of course, has been been massive. You know, everybody complains about his his contract and how much money he's making, but he's still making a profit for the team, even with uh, with how much money he's bringing in right now. Um, he is. Uh, you know, he's changed the face of, of Lakers basketball, certainly. And you look at the, the titles that he's brought in, and, and you look at all the fans that he's brought in. For you know, You've got multiple generations that have grown up loving the Lakers because of Kobe. And I think it's tough to really attach a full dollar sign to, to the value that he's had to the to the franchise. And, and you look at the, the impact that he's had to basketball. You know, I see kids still today, they go to throw a piece of paper in a trash can or something like that, and they, they shoot it and they say, Kobe? when they let go of that ball because they know it's going in. Yeah. Um, you know, he's had that, that kind of impact on, on not just the Lakers, but on the entire country uh, and on basketball as a whole. Uh, the game will certainly go on without him. There's, there's some amazing players in the NBA right now that are able to, uh, able to carry the torch. But, you know, Kobe has been the most popular player for, what, probably 15, 16 of the, the 20 years that he's been in the league. His jersey sales have always been up at the top. Um, with how many times he's been voted into the, the All-Star game, you see the ovations that he's getting right now. This is a guy that is a that is a Hall of Famer, that is, I think, unquestionably, at the very least, a top-10 all-time player. And I think that he's um, he's had a massive impact on the NBA, and it's certainly going to be a, a very sad day when he when he does hang them up. Um, but again, basketball will go on, the NBA will go on without him. Um, it'll just be a, a little bit different, and um, and I think we'll certainly notice that Kobe isn't isn't out there. Um, 
But again, the NBA will, will continue to thrive as a whole and we'll be better off for having Kobe as part of it for the past 20 years. Trevor Lane, LakersNation.com. Been a pleasure. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Randy. All Anytime. Right.